Hello and welcome back to today's Heartlift with Janelle. I'm so excited to bring you part two of my conversation with Michelle Niethert, author of Make Up Your Mind, Unlock Your Thoughts and Transform Your Life. Michelle brought to us a great conversation about our mindset, what fuels our actions, our thoughts, our way of moving through the world. She and her co-author, Denise Pass, who, by the way, is going to be on the show. I'm so excited. They bring to us 10 mindsets, an angry, anxious, depressed, discontented, doubtful, helpless, hurried, lonely, scarcity, victim mindsets, and ask us to examine how we move through our world. And they offer us beautiful, beautiful wisdom on the mind of Christ. And then Michelle brings in her LPC-S training with the Counselor's Corner. So as we prepare to hear part two, I would love to invite you to let me know what you want to hear more of when I have Denise on. Please drop me a DM on Instagram or email me, Janelle at JanelleRairden.com, or you can even message me on Facebook. Just let me know what do you want to know more about after you've listened to this conversation, after you've spent time considering what Michelle and I have been talking about, especially this helpless mindset where we're battling apathy and weakness, and I even said weariness. I want to know your thoughts. Please let me know. Heartlifters, this podcast is for you. I, I glean so much from it myself because I'm a teacher and I'm a voracious appetite to grow and learn, but I want it to be helpful to you. Many of you filled out that survey that I sent through my newsletter, so if you didn't get that, be sure to subscribe to my weekly newsletter, sometimes bi-weekly, depending on life, and I will send you that short survey so you can give me your opinions and your thoughts, and they've been so good. I've appreciated them so, so much. So here we go. Are you ready? We're diving back into how we can actually break free from this helpless mindset and learned helplessness. Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heart lifting journey towards living a meaningful life. The way you really break yeah, so that's, learned helplessness yes, please. This it's is so hard. hard. You know why it's hard? I'll tell you how hard it is. It's hard like staying in physical therapy. Do you know how many people drop? I won't, I'm a dropout. I'll just admit it. Most of us drop out of physical therapy because it's, let me tell you what it is. It's mindless, it's repetitive, and it's hard. Nobody it likes that in it our is. culture today. And for those of us who love dopamine, there's no dopamine in that. At all. You know, so here's the thing. I tell my clients, every time you hold on to yourself, every time you stand as God created you to be, every time you say that, that may be your truth, but that's not true. When you do things like that, you are exercising a muscle that over time will get stronger and stronger. As I was able to do when I said, I love you. 
Once again, some technical difficulties, but I really want you to hear what Michelle has to say here, so I wanted to stop and clarify. She is saying, yes, this was hard, so hard, to be in a parking lot of her school, security guard in the area, her dad throwing a microwave, her dad saying, I'm done with you. All of that was painstakingly hard, but Michelle knew she had to stand her ground. She had to practice her healthy assertiveness, as we say in our community, and do what she knew had to be done by standing up to her father. She says in this time, I cried, I cried hard, and she, but she made it. She made up her mind, and she did the hard thing, and it actually served their relationship well, and that's what we're talking about here. Because I, once again, you know, without anger, stood in a place of truth and actually stood my ground in a parking lot of a school with a security guard at the door. You did. but And quickly had to go into class and teach. So I didn't have time to to process the emotion of that in a moment. Mm -hmm. You know, the emotion came later. But I think that every time we do that, and my dad, you know, he's in his late seventies or is he in his early eighties? I have to do the math. And I'm in my early fifties and my mother still, if my dad is not listening to anybody, whether it be about his health or something that's going on in their home or whatever, my mom will say, listen, I don't want to be manipulative, but your father listens to you differently than anyone else in this family. Would you, if he brings this up, would you talk to him? And I just said to her, I'm not going to get in the middle of y'all, but if he asks my opinion, I will share it. And the reason I think he respects me is because I do tell him the truth and love. Yes, I think you're absolutely right. And it's not hard, but it's still, he was like, which we still laugh about. So um, this is holding on to yourself um, in an interesting way. And this is also protecting my children. So we were at their house and my dad, I grew up with a dad who yelled anytime the door was open because we were wasting air conditioning and electricity. So, but my kids have grown up in a home where no and I need them to come downstairs to eat dinner or something. That's the closest to yelling they get, you know, like, come on down. I need you. And I don't have time to text you, which is ridiculous that I have to text my kids to get them downstairs, but I've had a hip replacement. So I don't want to run up and down constantly. No, no. um, Yes. So I said to my dad, so my dad's yelling at my kids who are kids leaving the door open for seconds, you know, while they're talking to us and then closing the door. And he's like, shut the door, shut the door now shut the door. And so I said to him first time, I said, dad, I said, I know you yelled at us like this, but I don't, we don't yell. I want to have memories of you telling them like this. So, you know, I know that that's costing a little money, but just think about yeah. that. And he did it. That's again. good. He did it again. Mm. I stuck 20. I went in my, I went to my purse and I got $20 and I stuck it on the table right where he was sitting. Good. Like, What's that for? I said, you. I said, here is $20 for the extra electricity. My kids are going to cost weekend. And he's like, it's not even going to cost that much. That's ridiculous. I'm like, but it's costing you yelling at your grandkids. It is. So he says to me, point made therapist, take your money back. You know, and we laugh. Oh, that's and so I'm grateful good. that he takes, you know, he takes my influence that way. And not everybody will. That no. is a man who is learning to He's, submit to the spirit. When I right. work with some women, those, their husbands are not. And, yeah, and he was in a yeah. good place. I know how to pick my, they, my family jokes. You I, I'm pick a therapist, so I know timing. I can tell the mood of somebody and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. And that takes some skill and time to learn too. If you're living with someone who's kind of a bear. 
you know. Yep. But that's what I call a heart lifter. Someone yes. who stands in the center of their spheres of influence with a trifecta of healthy behavior, healthy communication. And that's what you're empowering us to be able to do, you know, even as non-therapists, to be able to understand the timing of well-timed um, boundaries. Here we are again. How are you liking that swoosh sound, heart lifters? <laughs> I tell you what, the atmosphere that day was not being kind to Michelle and I, and I actually think it could have been some spiritual interference because this message is so helpful and raw and authentic. So I deeply apologize, but I don't want to keep what was good uh, from you. So we're just going to close with some closing thoughts here. I had to had to edit and take out so many good things, but maybe Michelle will come back to us when uh, life allows. So here we're going to close out with trying to overcome learned helplessness and battle apathy and weakness so that we can be autonomous and stand on our own two feet and make up our mind. Michelle, the helplessness mindset right? What is some one tangible way? You have given us so much, so much experience, so much wisdom. What is the one takeaway, the practical nut and bolt for a listener who's going, I live with the bear. I've learned helplessness. I know it is hitting me hard. And so I'm probably going to do a whole episode and teach myself because that's what I do. I have absolutely learned helplessness um, in my life and I'm sick of it. So what is one way I can start to move forward and our listeners can? I'm going to give you Get two. your book. I'm going to give you two. Okay. Actually, yeah, I, I love the book because you can pick different chapters at different yeah, seasons of your life and come back in and out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the, and Denise um, passed my co-author structured the book that way. And I've just came in for the ride on the counselor's corner. Michelle offers the first important step forward, and that is to plug in, to plug in, of course, to the power of God and his resources, and second, to plug into a supportive community, or as we would say, a heart-lifting person, counselor, therapist, coach. And the second one is set a SMART goal. And a SMART goal is specific, measurable, attainable, reasonable, timely. So a very simple goal of maybe I'm going to learn new words by practicing them um, maybe like a couple of minutes a day, several times a week. So I'm going to learn. That's a lot of my clients don't have the vocabulary to speak the truth in love. And a lot of times Mm -hmm. they record, they're like, how would you say that? And I I say to them, I want to know how I do it all the time. Right. I want to know how you would ultimately say it, but I'll say it first in the way I would say it. And then you think about how you would say it. So, and they laugh. Sometimes they're like, I'm going to say it the way you say it. I like that, you know, but I don't want to be that. Eventually their voice has to come out. It can't be my voice. So they need me forever. And I don't want that. So, but sometimes people don't have words to start with. So I would say, you know, so I, like I had a woman in a situation who needed to say, um, to a friend who's very overbearing. Um, I would love to meet you, but I have some other commitments that, you know, make me unavailable to That's do this. Good. That's so and good. That would be an example of that. And then, but we role play this in our, in my office, you know, I say, okay, what's she going to say to you? She's going to say what commitment? 
And uh-huh. sometimes the commitment might be for her to exercise or. Yeah, I got to get my hair done or I've got to get a massage. I, I write everything off as an appointment now. It's yes. like, yeah. yeah. So sometimes it's not everybody's business what your appointment no, is or why you're not available. That's right. You know? And if somebody asks, you can just say, I'm just really sorry. I can't make this commitment at this time. And then I think the way to help with that is to say, however, I am available, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah to you. Mm-hmm. And if you're setting boundaries, it might be a ways off because you're trying to decrease the interaction between the two yeah. of you. So and that's me, what I would yeah. say is the next takeaway is to set some type of smart goal that, like that you can begin to work on. Here's the thing. You have to make an appointment for physical therapy. You have mm-hmm. to make an appointment to go to counseling. But I have a sign in our office that says the other six days, 23 hours, because what really is going to create change in your life is what you do with the information we're talking about. That's exactly right. So you have to have a wage in physical therapy. You don't get to just go to physical therapy and be strong with one week, once a week or twice you a week. You don't. You have to no. do your exercises every day. So that's, that's part right. of what we're trying to do with Make Up Your Mind is teaching people, you know, um, Dr. Carolyn Lee wrote some books and at first it's 21 days and then it's 63 yeah. days. I'm telling women, you're going to need to make up your mind every day of your life. For Even the rest from of the your perspective life. of like loved and cherished, we were going to talk a little bit about that book. Yeah. Um, the devotion I wrote for girls. You're either going to decide every day you're loved and cherished because you're mm-hmm. created to be loved. That's um, right. You are redeemed to be loved. You've been bought mm-hmm. to be loved by the pa- blood right. of Jesus. And then you were adopted through that process to be loved. So you are loved, but you're either going right. to live loved that's right. or you're not. And that's your choice. It's a daily decision. And it that's is. what I would say. This kind of learning to em- be empowered has to come out of a loved position. So if you don't have the loved position, it's going to be an impossible journey. Yeah, we'll talk about, I will add in and talk about that because it's right where I'm living for sure. But I I will once again say the title of this book, Make Up Your Mind, is I I feel like you're imploring us. You are being the Apostle Paul, urging, begging, you know, make up your mind, Yeah, you know? I want to stop here and be true to my word and talk about this status, basically, or a footing that Michelle talks about having a love position or a love posture. If you don't move through life from that understanding that you are so deeply loved by God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I recently went through a a real trial where I was tested with this. And I've talked a little bit about it, but in the middle of the night one night, I really believe God whispered to me to get up and read from 1 John 4, verses 11 to 17, 18. And I want to read it to you here. I just want to softly let you have this moment to ask yourself, do I really believe Do I know in my heart, not just in my head, have I taken that long journey like I write in Stronger Every Day from my head down to my heart that God truly loves me and I don't have to do anything to get it. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to do anything. That is secure attachment. When I know that I know my Father in heaven sees me, knows me, loves me, uh, hears me, notices. I know I belong to him. I'm in his family. He's my good, good father. 
then I walk around with my love posture and position, stance, footing, whatever you want to call that. My love tank is always confident and full of the knowledge of the love of God. I'm reading from 1 John 4 in the voice translation, starting with verse 11. So, <laughs> look how it starts. So, my loved ones, if God loved us so sacrificially, surely we should love one another. No one has ever seen God with human eyes, but if we love one another, God truly lives in us. Consequently, God's love has accomplished its mission among us. Isn't that something? God's love has accomplished its mission among us when we love one another as Christ loves us. 13. How can we be sure that he truly lives in us and that we truly live in him? By one fact. He has given us his spirit. Okay, that's a pause. Am I living as if I fully accepted that truth, that God has given me his spirit? We have watched what God has done, and we stand ready to provide eyewitness testimonies to the reality that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone unites with our confession that Jesus is God's own Son, then God truly lives in that person and that person lives in God. This is assurance here. We have experienced and we have entrusted our lives to the love of God in us. God is love. Anyone who lives faithfully in love also lives faithfully in God and God lives in him. This love is fulfilled with us so that on the day of judgment, we have confidence based on our identification with Jesus in this world. And verse 16, I'm switching over to the ESV version because this is the version that I read in the wee hours of the morning and the one that actually stopped me dead in my tracks. And it says this. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. We have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. And in that moment, it read this way to me. I have come to know and I have come to believe the love that God has for me. Well, right there at that very, very millisecond, nanosecond, I said, I obviously don't know anything about the love of God because I can't say this verse. I can't say, I have come to know and to believe the love that God has for me because in that certain trial, situation, circumstance, or relationship, whichever you might be in or have been in or will be in, if you have lived your life from a posture of insecure attachment, You don't know that security of God's love. It's very hard to understand that no matter what, God is going to love you. I would love to be able to share, but this is a very private, private part of my story, and I am not at 
any liberty to share, but what I took away from this, what I can only hope that you can get from this is that there may be a time in your life, there may be a day in your life when you have to make a very hard decision to do what is best for yourself. Do what is right for you. You're going to be called to make up your mind to to do something that is absolutely right for you, for your health, for your life, for absolutely everything. You may not understand why. In fact, I guarantee you probably won't understand why. And those in your life that are important to you may not understand either. And if by chance your choice brings a rift or pain, as long as you are secure that you have made this choice or this decision with God (laughs) and you know that it's motivated by His love for everyone involved in the situation, then you can live in peace and live in power. And that's what Michelle is trying to offer us, to live our lives from a mindset of Christ, a posture, a position, a footing in our life where we are moving forward and moving through our lives with all of the qualities that we talk about in this community, those heart-lifting qualities, so that we can actually be a presence that makes a difference and that offers tremendous peace and power and love to everyone in our spheres of influence. So let's say goodbye to Michelle and stay tuned because we will be speaking to Michelle's co-author Denise Pass in the future. Got it. Okay. So I will add in some beautiful thoughts and please everyone. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah, Please pick up so Michelle's much. book. Yeah. Make up your yes. mind. And, and I would, and I would love to connect with your listeners. Um, they can, if they have oh. kids, they yes. can listen to the Raising Mentally Healthy Kids podcast. Oh, we didn't I get have, to talk about that. I yeah, know. I have therapists on there all the time, and we're talking about some of these topics. And then on your mentalhealthcoach.com, I've got freebies for them that if they want, they can get a sample oh, yeah. of the books, all kinds of stuff. So yeah, I would we're love give to a free stay book in touch. Away. That's right. We're going to give a free book away, all that good stuff. So let's stay in touch. And yeah. you are always welcome back. Thank I you. I love you so Thanks much. Thank me. you so much for being here. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Everyday online community at JanelleRairdon.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity.